welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. This week, Adam's off to the Beanie in Canterbury, and we're making self-portraits inspired by some items in their collection. My name is Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. This week, Adam's off to Canterbury and he's visiting the Beanie. It's part library, part museum and 100% awesome. Let's find out more. My name's Mario Grady and I am the Museum Audience and Engagement Officer at the Beanie. Uh, My name's Charlotte Moon. I'm the Collections and Learning Officer at the Beanie. So we're a museum, a library and an art gallery in Canterbury. Uh, we're on the high street, uh, we're free to visit and um, so people come here for all sorts of reasons to borrow books, to see artworks, paintings, sculpture, um, artefacts from throughout history, lots of local um, history and also things from around the world. Um, so yeah, all sorts of uh, fun things to do, lots of learning through play. Okay, so we're stood in front of the cabinet of curiosities, a, a literal glass cabinet full of, of, I suppose, curious stuff. Is that a lion? That's a lion skin, yeah. Yeah, quite a dramatic thing in the collection. I guess quite a complicated thing. We often get lots of questions from visitors about the lion. The first one is, is it real? Which it is. Wow. So describe to me what we've got going on here. We've got, uh, is that a tortoise shell? We've got some statues or some heads. Uh, There's a four-legged baby duckling. I always have to check that people know how many legs a duck normally has because once we had a group that they were like, yeah, four legs, that's normal. Uh, But no, uh, normally two legs and this little duckling has got four. Um, And then we've got things like the chameleons that have been taxidermied so you can see the tongue shape that it has, which is so weird. It's like a traffic cone, isn't it? Ready to grab a fly or something. Um, So basically the only thing linking all of these objects in the case is that they are cool. I'm curious. Um, and of interest so it's you can spend hours just looking at this one case that has so many different objects in Um, a two-headed baby shark that's another really popular object in of all things a kilner jar, something that you might find in a supermarket. They're called wet specimens, which I think is disgusting, but it's another way of preserving animals uh, using different chemicals. Uh, so, yeah, alongside our taxidermy, we've got lots of these wet specimens. You'd be a bit frightened if you opened your kitchen cupboard and you saw, you saw a two-headed shark staring at you. OK, what's next? Where should we go next? So 
a mummified cat, very tiny little um, cat that's been wrapped in beautiful bandages. Uh, some of the bandages have been removed from its face, so you can see its tiny nose, its tiny little teeth. This cat, uh, it also went to the hospital for a cat scan, which is where they look underneath the layers of bandages to see what it looks like underneath. So that's to help historians work out how it was treated when it was alive, what type of cat it was, um, and things like that. So we're going to get more information about our little mummified cat from the people who work at the NHS, so that's pretty cool. And it looks like... I'm going to describe it as, as sort of a sausage. <laughs> it's sort of a, a sausage shape um, with a, a crisscross of bandages that look, at this point, almost kind of wooden or like plaster of Paris-ish. Um, very yellow, kind of browning. Why is something like this important to a place like this? That's a really good question. So we've got collections from all around the world, which some people think is a bit unusual because we're a museum-based based in Canterbury. All of our collections are either from Canterbury or nearby, or they belong to somebody who lived nearby um, or worked in Canterbury and they donated them to us. So this collection was given to the museum and it's to help us teach other people about the world around us. Um, so this mummified cat, it does look like a sausage, but that is showing you excellent mummification technique. And that's what we like to teach in our ancient Egyptian workshops when kids have a mummification competition. They do different animals like uh, snakes, like ancient Egyptians would have mummified. Also dogs, cats, um, crocodiles, other unusual animals. Um, one of our favourite games when we are showing people around the museum is they have to guess what animal this is. And cat is usually quite far down the list because you're right, it doesn't look, really look like a cat what what normally comes first um snake sometimes very short stubby snake um sometimes they think ferret i think maybe because it's got those sharp pointy teeth um yeah okay so i've asked what the oldest thing in the museum is you've brought me downstairs yeah absolutely so we often get asked what, what are some of the oldest things in the collection um, and obviously some of the fossils are millions and millions of years old um, but in terms of things that people have actually made what we call artifacts some of the oldest things are uh, objects like these prehistoric um, arrowheads so been made from flint a type of stone and expertly crafted into these really sharp and pointed arrowheads that were obviously used um, by prehistoric people to hunt animals um, and hunting was a kind of essential part of their survival so alongside the arrowheads that we can see in this case just behind you can see a huge fossilized um, mammoth tusk and uh, that's just one of the examples of uh, the prehistoric animals that people would have hunted to survive um, they would have used different tools to hunt the animals and also to kind of prepare their meat, which obviously they would eat uh, as an important source of food. But they would use everything. So there's evidence um, at different sites throughout Europe and the world um, where you can see, archaeologists can, can tell that uh, prehistoric people have built structures and shelters out of mammoth tusks and mammoth bones um, so make, making structures that they could live and shelter in Okay, 
Okay, so from oldest to newest, we're looking at three portraits here. Describe these for me. Uh, These are three portraits uh, painted of people who are still alive in Canterbury today. Uh, We had a look at our portrait collection and tried to see uh, who was there and who wasn't. And we wanted to make it more representative of what Canterbury is actually like. So we asked people in Canterbury to nominate people who they think should be commemorated in a portrait. And so we have a portrait of Delilah Tickles, who is a drag queen, Dr. Sinan Rawi, who is, amongst other things, a former imam and a professor of lots of different subjects and we have a portrait of Millie Knight who is an amazing Paralympian downhill skier um They were painted by early career portrait artists and they're all in in incredibly different styles. So when we do tours, we always like to ask people, uh, which one draws your eye the most? Is there anything you'd like to know about a specific portrait? My favourite is the portrait of Dr. Rawi because it's so hyper-realistic. People never believe that it's a painting. They think it must be a photograph, but the painter is just so talented that it looks like a... A, a photo. I was going to say that. I, you said it was a painting. I thought, no way. But then you can get really close to it. And the more yeah. you look at it, the more you can see that it is uh, It is a painting. It does look like a photo, doesn't it? But as you say, these are all in sort of wildly different styles. We've got something that is like a photo. And then we've got something that's very, um, I would describe it as sort of pop artish. I agree. Yeah. The colours are so beautiful, aren't they? We've got this portrait of Delilah Tickles. Um, and you can see blue, red and yellow really, really clearly in the picture. So those primary colours really jumping out at you. What's interesting is um, the portrait has a lot of um, precious elements as well. So on her dress, Delilah's got Swarovski crystals um, and the lettering of there's lots of cartoon writing on her dress that say things like boom, crash, pow. And the lettering is made of gold leaf. So it's very you know, expensive as well. Um, and we particularly like this one because if you compare it to a more classical portrait there are loads of similarities people in the Tudor times wanted to show off how wealthy they were using their jewelry and their expensive clothes and Delilah is showing off um, something similar um, using very expensive clothes and also her drag jewelry so it's really fun to compare it to the other pictures in the collection and then we've got one over here that's very abstract looking you almost can't really see the the person but it's still a portrait it's really interesting that you said it in that way because as i mentioned millie knight is a paralympian and her disability is that she has a visual impairment so although she skis extremely fast downhill she can't always see exactly where she's going um we have these amazing audio descriptions for each of these pictures and uh the person interviewed millie knight to find out a bit more about her her um her experience as a skier she said her peripheral vision so the the way she sees is she can see really clearly out of the side of her eyes she can't see very clearly in front of her so it's like her brain builds up snapshots of what's around her to give her an idea of what she's looking at and that's kind of echoed in the the way the painting is made it looks like a collage or um like a bits of snapshots put together so uh it's a really interesting thing to think about isn't it yeah you've always got things going on here if somebody's gonna kind of come and find out where would somebody come to find out more about what's happening here 
Uh, so you, uh, people can find us on social media and there's lots of information also on our website uh, where you can find out about exhibitions that we have throughout the year, workshops and events. So there's always something happening, particularly around school holidays uh, and uh, things like Halloween or a big deal at the Beanie. So, yeah, lots of fun things to do. I've never heard of that place before. It sounds brilliant. Uh, thank you so much to Adam. And of course, just search for the Beanie to find out more. Now, those portraits sounded amazing, didn't they? How about we have a little go at making our own? Today's project is all about creating unique self-portraits. Let's dive right in. First, gather your supplies. You'll need a sheet of white paper, some coloured pencils, crayons, markers, or whatever you prefer for colouring. Don't forget scissors and glue too. Now, let's start with the basics, drawing your self-portrait. Remember, there's no right or wrong way to do this. You can make it as silly or as serious as you like. Start with your face, your hair, and don't forget to add those special details that make you, well, you. Once your self-portrait is complete, it's time to add some personality. How about creating a background that tells a little story about yourself? Maybe you're on a beach, in a jungle, or even floating in outer space. Let your imagination run wild. And here's a really cool twist how about adding some 3d elements cut out your self-portrait and glue it onto a slightly larger piece of colored paper then you can use scraps of fabric buttons or even bits of colored paper to give your self-portrait some texture and depth finally don't forget to sign your masterpiece and give it a title it's your self-portrait after all and there you have it a fantastic self-portrait project that lets you explore your creativity from the comfort of your home thanks georgia and just like that we are done remember there's loads of episodes of activity quest that you can go back and listen to at any time if you want some more suggestions of stuff to do just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy i'm bex and this has been a podcast from the uk's children's radio station fun kids it was produced and edited by adam stoner Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you soon.